to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog owners. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm Rachel Harris. I'm a certified professional dog trainer, and I hope to give you a fresh outlook on your dog's behavior and practical dog training advice. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. If you are new, welcome. I'm so happy that you are here. And thank you so much to everyone who just continues to listen and support this podcast every week. It is really a total pleasure to make this podcast and I am so glad that you are um, using your precious time to listen to me. So let's talk about multi-dog households. Okay, so life with a lot of dogs. So you guys know I have two permanent dogs. If you guys don't know that, welcome. Tiva is my almost 13-year-old dog, and then I have a three-year-old dog named Waylon. And then I do quite a bit of boarding. So I can have up to six dogs at my house at a time. So I have been managing um, multi-dog households for a long time. So I want to share with you um, my recipe for success so that if you live with multiple dogs, you can hopefully implement some of this stuff and that can make your life a lot easier. So let's talk about if you have a dog and you're considering adding another dog, or maybe you have two dogs and you're considering adding a third dog. So I just want you to recognize that it is going to require more time and energy from you than you anticipate. It may be frustrating at times, it may be overwhelming at times, but it's totally possible, it's totally doable. But a few things that I would look at before I considered adding another dog. So um, are you willing to devote the time, right? I am kind of one of those people who thinks that time, obviously it's a resource, but I think that you can have the time if you need it. So are you willing to make and devote time to a new dog? Okay. They're not going to take all your time, but they're still going to require a pretty good amount of time initially, especially integrating a new dog, training a new dog, bonding it with a new dog. Um, And then I also want you to think about um, your current dog, right? Do they actually want another dog? And the answer absolutely could be yes. But if you are not sure, I would do some trial runs. So there's a couple of options for that. So one would be to maybe watch a friend's dog for a night and just kind of see how your dog adjusts to having a second dog in the house. You could also foster a dog and that could give you more of an idea of how your dog handles um, living with another dog. So I want you to be really honest with yourself when you ask this question. Okay, if your dog adores other dogs, then totally, you know, get another dog. But if your dog doesn't love the company of other dogs, maybe not the greatest plan. Like I said, it's still totally possible, but it's just going to be more work for you. And then something else that's really important is I want you to look at where is your current dog's training at? So um, we had considered getting another dog fairly recently. Waylon's breeder, um, Waylon's sister, in fact, had a litter of puppies. And and we considered getting a puppy, but we decided that there are some things that um, Waylon could use more training with before we're ready to add another dog. So um, to give you an example, we're still working through his manners when people come to the front door. Um, I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. They had been atrocious. 
I mean, just terrible. Like he was barking like a lunatic, launching his himself at people's faces. It's getting a lot better and we're making a lot of progress, but I don't want another dog in the mix until that is stronger. That behavior is stronger because I just know that that's really going to piss me off. So I'm, I'm not going to do that to myself. So I really want you to look at where your current dog's training is at and maybe devote some more time and effort to their training before you add another dog. And again, guys, this is all stuff that can just prevent uh, a lot of frustration and heartache on your end. And it's much easier to be proactive instead of like reactive when you're knee deep in this. If you are knee deep in this and you have another dog and you're feeling overwhelmed, it's okay. I have more training tips for you. Okay. So those are the things I want you to think about. And then, you know, when you're going to add another dog, I want you to really, truly evaluate what your schedule looks like, right? When are you going to be able to devote time to this dog? Are you going to need support from a professional to help care for this second dog? So definitely a lot of good stuff to be thinking about when you're considering adding another dog. Okay, so let's talk about FOMO, fear of missing out. So I know that this is a big concern for a lot of you guys out there is that, um, well, you know, on one end, uh, your dog maybe is not very good at waiting their turn. And then on the other end, um, maybe you're worried about leaving your dog alone while you do something with the other dog. So let's talk about FOMO from the standpoint of you need to train one dog and you need the other dog to chill while you do that. So I would <laughs> teach this and train this as a skill before I added a second dog, best case scenario. If you already have multiple dogs, you can still teach this. So you guys have heard me preach on stationing on a bed before. If you are new to the podcast, welcome to the wonderful world of teaching your dog to station on a bed. So if you guys don't already follow me over on the Instagram at a good feeling underscore NCO, I have a couple of videos on how to teach your dog to station on a bed. And that can definitely help with the FOMO. Um, I did a whole themed week on Instagram. This was several weeks ago, multi-dog household week. And you guys can access all the posts and um, stories on my Instagram page. There's a highlight reel. Um, it just says multi-dog homes. It's like a blue button. So you just got to press that. And all of the training videos and my training tips for multi-dog uh, households is on there. But I wanted to do this episode because I wanted just to go into some more detail about some of this stuff just so I could explain it a little bit further. So um, yeah, FOMO. Um, you can definitely use management um, to prevent fear of missing out. So maybe one dog is in a crate while you train the other one. Maybe one dog is behind a baby gate while you train the other one and you take turns. But what's really important is that you're making it really reinforcing to wait their turn. So maybe I work on something with the dog for a couple seconds. I go back and I feed the other dog. Then I go back to working with the other dog. Um, on my Instagram, there's a video of me working six dogs at a time and they all take turns. So that's definitely something that I think can make life so much easier if you live with a bunch of dogs. Another skill set that I just really love and has made my life so much easier in a lot of ways is teaching an individual name release. And I use that primarily like at thresholds, so at doorways and stuff like that. So I can let a dog out at a time instead of it letting it be just a total shit show trying to get six dogs out one doorway. So yeah, I think that teaching your dog a station on a bed and teaching your dog an individual name release can really go a long way for preventing some of the FOMO behaviors that I know are, are very challenging. So <clears throat> something else that I know 
a lot of you guys were worried about was one-on-one time. And that's definitely a real concern, right? Like, you know, if you have six dogs, it's kind of hard to do one-on-one stuff with them all the time. But, you know, for my regular two dogs, Tiva and Waylon, I make an effort to do something individually with them at least once a week. So that may look like Tiva gets to go to Home Depot with me. That may look like Waylon goes to agility class and Tiva stays home. So I do make an effort once a week to do stuff individually with them. Um, But I do have the luxury of they're pretty great together. So it's really no problem to take them out together. When I have six dogs, um, I often will take them out together. But it just depends. Um, It depends on the setup. It depends on the dog. But I want you guys to understand that like when you see these videos of me out walking six dogs, hiking six dogs, letting six dogs be off leash, um, that's a reflection of years and years of training. Seriously, guys, years and years of training. It is not something that happens overnight and not every dog combination is suitable for the way that I roll. Okay. So I want to touch on something really quickly that I see all the time is I know that it's like a fad for dog walkers to walk like eight to 10 dogs at a time. And while that can be okay in some circumstances, it can also be really awful in other circumstances. So when you see walkers or just people in general out with multiple dogs, I want you to look at their body language. I want you to look at the dog's head. Is the dog's head high? Is the dog's head low? What are their ears doing? Are they forward? Are they back? What is their tail doing? Is it up? Is it down? Because oftentimes what's happening when walkers are out with that many dogs is they all have shot collars on and they don't have a choice. They have to walk with the walker in like, you know, this ridiculous robotic fashion or face the consequence of being shocked. And that is not how I roll, right? When I'm out with six dogs, their tails are high, their heads are high, their ears are forward, they're happy, and there's a huge difference. So I really want you guys to recognize some of those subtle body language cues and decide for yourself whether um, those dogs are happy having a good time or if they are for lack of a better word, being held against their will. Okay, so that's just a random tangent, but I wanted to address that because I know that a lot of people are like super wooed by walkers with a bunch of dogs, and I want you to be wooed, but only if that walker has all the dog's best interests at heart, not um, to punish them for not doing what they want. Okay, so um, yeah, one-on-one time is definitely important, but I don't think that it's like a mandatory every single week you have to do that. If you have six dogs, do your best. And maybe you have like five minutes to do like a short walk with just one dog that needs it. You can absolutely do that too. And as with everything, like it depends on your individual dog. It really does. It just depends. But yeah, that's kind of my two cents on on one-on-one time. Okay, so let's talk about meal time. So if you live with a bunch of dogs, I highly suggest that you are feeding dogs. They don't have to be completely separate, but I want there to be at least 10 to 15 feet in between bowls. Okay. And this definitely can just prevent tensions from rising. And I think it's really important to um, give our dogs the luxury of being able to eat without another dog, like all up in their grill. Okay. So when I have 
you know, boarding dogs, everybody eats separately, right? So Tiva and Waylon eat in their normal location. So Tiva eats in the kitchen and Waylon eats in the living room. So even the two of them, I create a lot of space while they're eating. And, you know, I know that I have a lot of of clients and people listening that feed their dogs next to each other and it doesn't seem to bother them too much, but I want you to look closer at their body language and I want you to give them more space and see if there's more relaxation in their body language, okay? Because I don't know about you, but when I'm eating and my husband's trying to take my food. It's not my favorite, right? <laughs> I definitely have been known to resource guard my food. And it, it definitely makes me happier and I can be more relaxed when I'm eating, when I'm not worried someone is going to steal something off of my plate. Okay. So this definitely applies to our dog. So, and this is also applicable to high value resources. So stuffed Kongs, marrow bones, bully sticks, give your dog space from each other. Okay. And it's just going to make life a lot easier for you and for them. If you own dogs that resource guard, meaning that they are in possession of a high value food item or their food bowl, and they will uh, go after, pursue, bark, lunge, bite another dog that comes near, you need formal management for feeding time. So that means there needs to be a door closed in between them, a baby gate, maybe one dog eats in a crate, the other dog eats in another room. So mealtime is definitely one that if you do it wrong, there's a lot of room for error. So if you live with a lot of dogs, give them a lot of space from each other while they're eating, and then supervise, right? Tiva has been known to try and punk Waylon out of the, the end of his, his food, and I have to be there to supervise. Because if not, then, you know, she gets away with kind of being a turd, and then Waylon doesn't get to finish his breakfast, okay? So mealtime is definitely huge for making life with multiple dogs a lot easier. So I kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but I want to kind of circle back to it. So thresholds, meaning... Um, changing environment. So like a doorway could be a threshold. Uh, the car could be a threshold getting out of the car. So those are things that you're going to have to manage and watch for and know your individual dog. Um, if your dog doesn't understand door manners, meaning you open a door and they don't just bolt out, whew, add that to your training list. It's going to make your life a lot easier, uh, especially if you have like three, four, five, six dogs, door manners. Whew. Um, I would I would not survive without door manners when I have six dogs. I really wouldn't. So I think that you should definitely be teaching your dogs to stay at the, at the door. And that can just prevent any tensions from arising, right? It's much easier to get one dog out at a time than have an explosion of six dogs and then like a scuffle or fight breaks out in that process. And like I was talking about, I love an individual name release. So that means that if I say Tiva, only Tiva is allowed to break from the state that I left all the dogs in and, you know, just goes down the line. And that's a really relatively easy thing to teach that can make your life a lot easier. Okay, so um, I want to finish talking about dogs who harass the other dog. So I know that this is a big challenge for a lot of you. And you guys, it's it's sometimes a challenge for me too. And it's not the way that you think it would be, right? Like you would think that my three-year-old dog Waylon would be harassing my 12-year-old dog Tiva, but it's definitely the other way around. If you follow us on Instagram, I posted a video in my story and it was Tiva literally just like harassing and bothering Waylon. So, you know, there's a couple of things you can do to prevent slash manage slash train this. Okay. So, um, definitely making sure that your dogs have ample time to be outside and run wild can make it much easier to manage what they're doing inside the house. So when I have up to six dogs, those dogs are getting out for at least an hour of off-leash play at least every other day. 
If not, my life would be absolute chaos, right? (laughs) The dogs need a chance to run and play and do dog stuff. And, you know, if they aren't getting that, then you can definitely use management. So if I was in a situation where I couldn't get the dogs out and Tiva was like harassing or bothering Waylon and I couldn't get her to stop, I first and foremost would default to all the her trained behavior. So I would recall her. I would reward that. I would probably cue her to lie down and station on her bed until I released her. So if your dog has those skills, use them. If your dog has those skills, but they're not super strong, that's when management comes into place. So that may be when I put one dog, you know, in a room behind a baby gate with something to do. Maybe I stuff a snuffle mat or give them a bully stick or something like that. So I give them a productive outlet instead of harassing and bothering the other dogs. And I want you guys to recognize that there's definitely like a normal level of bothering from one dog to another, right? And you obviously have to know your dogs and there's definitely different personalities and setups and matchups and all of that. But, you know, Tiva bothers Waylon and it doesn't go on too long and I, I have a pretty easy time redirecting it. So I'm not super worried about it. But if she were like, non-stop harassing him, that's when I would really start to reinforce more calm behavior when everybody was inside. So I kind of have the luxury now of of Waylon is three and we're not in like his crazy adolescence anymore. But when Waylon was younger and he was bothering Tiva or one of the other dogs that were staying with us, I did a lot of reinforcing him for stationing on his mat so that I brought this picture to his mind that when there are other dogs around, laying down and hanging on his bed can be really, really reinforcing. So I just taught that as an alternate behavior, right? Like you can harass and bother other dogs or you can lay on your bed and get cookies. And if he was wasn't in the mood to lay on his bed and get cookies, then I used formal management, right? So I'm talking baby gates, X pens, crates, doors closed. So sometimes you're just going to have to separate them and that is okay. Um, But I want you just to be on that. Okay. So something else to consider if you have a bunch of dogs is what is their comfort level um, being out with the other dog when you're not home? So if I have a bunch of boarding dogs and I know that, you know, one of the dogs is good and fired up and is likely to bother another dog, I'm making sure to keep them separated when I am not home to make sure that the bully is not getting away with bullying and, you know, my victim is not getting pulverized by the bully. Okay, so I want you to be really thoughtful about those setups. If you have a lot of dogs, um, I definitely suggest, you know, looking at maybe like two dogs can be together in one area and maybe two dogs can be together in another area. But it's very unusual for me to leave six dogs loose in my house with the exception of like maybe we did like a 10 or 15 mile hike and they all got to be off leash and I know they're exhausted in which case I would probably leave them loose but I want you to really be thoughtful about that just to ensure that there's no you know shenanigans taking place when you're gone and you don't know about it and then you know you're stuck with the dog who's getting really good at harassing another dog okay so Yeah, guys, life with multiple dogs is so fun. I seriously have the greatest time when we have six dogs. It's like it's a total blast. And I get to have fun because I have all these systems in place to ensure success. But I want you to recognize that if you are overwhelmed, frustrated, tired, give yourself a break put the dogs up, give yourself a break. It's okay to do non-dog related things sometimes. And, you know, self-care is super important. And I know that that looks different for a lot of people. Um, But for me, what that looks like is making sure that I'm getting 
proper nutrition. I'm sleeping well. Um, I meditate every single day. And guys, that has been huge in managing my frustration when I have a lot of dogs at my house. So it's important that you're taking care of yourself so that you can be the best you to manage a house of dogs. Okay, so guys, I hope that you found this episode helpful. Um, I am going to do another themed week. I'm going to talk about seven common unwanted behavior problems, and I'm actually going to do little mini podcast episodes to go with each of those posts. So if you aren't already following us over on social media at a good feeling underscore NCO, be sure to find us on Instagram so that you can get more training tips and inspiration. Guys, I am already looking forward to the next episode and smooch those puppies for me. Have a wonderful week. I know that CBD has kind of made a huge splash in the dog world. And, you know, with good reason, CBD can go a long way in aiding your pet's anxiety, physical pain. And, you know, while CBD is huge, there's also a lot of not so good CBD on the market. But the ladies over at Vet CS have analyzed and tested all of their products to make sure that it's the highest quality and caliber for your pets. The ladies over at VetCS not only make CBD for dogs, but they also make cat and horse products too. If you'd like to learn more about CBD for your dog, you can check out VetCS.com and you can use code DisorderlyDogs for 10% off your first purchase. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to learn more about us, please check us out on Instagram at a good feeling underscore NCO. You can also find us on Facebook at a good feeling dog training, as well as our website, agfdogtraining.com.